You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. and welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. On today's show, we're going to talk about the Heisman Trophy. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what I think Phil Dracovic would need to do and what Zay Flowers would need to do in order to win the Heisman uh, this year. I will also talk about over and unders. We're going to go on to betonline.ag and I'm going to give you the over and unders on some of the ACC Atlantic teams and we'll go over what I think they are going to do and give you my betting odds and uh, see how well I do with that. Before we do that, Let's kick it off with the news. The first news is basketball recruiting. It's something we don't really talk about all that much here at uh, Locked On Boston College. But Ryan Dunn, younger brother of Justin Dunn, former Boston College pitcher, released his top eight yesterday. And on his list was Boston College. He's now there on there with Maryland, Virginia, NC State, some really big programs. But um, what I think is interesting about this is that, you know, you're looking at a kid who is a 6'6 forward out of New York who has seen his recruitment explode and he's still considering Boston College. Now, we, we, we expect that with football. You expect the football team to kind of jump in and get in with some of these kids that are, you know, late bloomers or, or kids that are um, – but for years, unless Boston College was like in with a, a recruit for basketball, Jim Christian and Steve Donahue couldn't, you know, make up that ground. And it seems like Earl Grant's already doing that. And that could be for a number of reasons. It could be the coaching personality. You know, Grant might be more engaging than Christian and his staff could be more engaging. We're not sure about that. Or it could be things like the new practice facility that's coming or the new new balance deal. There's a whole bunch of different factors that could get Boston College in with some of these new recruits. And it's not just Ryan Dunn. Obviously, Ryan Dunn has a connection with Boston College. His brother played there. And he's, you know, he said that that's a reason why he's looking at it. But there's other kids too. Just the other day, Justin Fernandez, another kid who's had a humongous summer, he also uh, put Boston College in his top 10 with a bunch of other big schools. I think there was like Clemson, Florida. Uh, so, you know, these are school, these are battles that are going to be tough for BC to win. You got to be, you got to be up front right now, right? If you're having a, a a recruit that's really sought after, considering schools is between like Clemson and Florida and Boston College, Boston College doesn't stand a chance in basketball right now, just because of the the way that they're playing, the way that they, they've you know historically over the last ten years have been completely irrelevant. So that's going to take some time for this philosophy and this coaching staff to change. Because honestly, if you look at Ryan Dunn, you look at uh, Justin Fernandez, I don't think Boston College is going to land either of them. But it's good to see them in the conversation with them. And then that next step is they start to close on some of these kids, do what Halfley does in football, where they start to um, you know, be able to get kids away from some of the bigger schools. But it's going to take some time. It, it, don't, you know, don't rip on Grant. He's still, you know, he's still playing with the cards that Jim Christian dealt him. He's got to be able to, you know, go out on the court and show, you know, this is my squad. They're a different team. They're more exciting to play with than, than Christian had them at. So that's just a little bit of recruiting news. You know, some people like to hear a little bit about the basketball team, see where they're going. Uh, that's that piece for now. The other piece has to do with basketball, too, and that's just that Winston Tabbs, who transferred from Boston College to East Carolina, got his waiver 
um, accepted and he'll be able to play next year for um, the Pirates. And that, is, you know, he averaged 13.3 points per game last year for the Eagles and was one of the first to leave once Jim Christian was fired. He, he did not wait around very long before he decided that he was going to take his talent somewhere else. Now, if you remember correctly, Boston College, their transfer portal was huge. You know, they lost Rich Kelly to UMass. They lost C.J. Felder to Florida. Um, Jay Heath to Arizona State and then Kamari Williams went to Miami of Ohio. So they've lost quite a few players. They grabbed a few more. Um, but, you know, whether they play next year or not, we'll, we'll have to keep waiting to hear where they're at with that. Uh, some people have also been asking for football. Let's jump into that. Um, with the BC, we reported on BCBulletin.com that BC had their first scrimmage of the year earlier this week. Jeff Halfley in his press conference on Thursday said that his second practice, uh, second scrimmage will be on Sunday this week. So uh, you'll hear more about that. He said during his press conference, it's going to be a full run through. They're going to put the offense on one side, the defense on another and go at it. So you're going to get a better chance to hear more about where this team is at in terms of play on both sides of the ball because you don't want to hear about the offense killing the defense. So that's just another little piece there. It's been pretty quiet in football world. Um, we'll hear more about that, uh, you know, as, as we get closer to the game time. I mean, we're like a week away from already talking prep for Colgate. And I want to tell you, if you are if you have not already subscribed to Lockdown Boston College, this is the time to do it because we're going to be getting into all the nitty gritty of each game. We're going to have special guests on. I'm going to probably have Eric Hofsis back on again to talk about his perspective. We'll have opposing um yeah, writers about each team, probably not Colgate, but all the other schools, I'll be able to get writers to talk about their school. So you're going to learn everything heading into each game. And um, we'll have analysis after the game. You're going to want to make sure that you're you're locked in for daily Boston College football talk. And we'll get you can only find it here at Locked On Boston College. And if you like my, my stuff, if you like Locked On Boston College, check out Locked On ACC. It's hosted by Candace Cooper, and she is joined by a rotating guest, uh, her array of guests from various ACC Locked On shows, including yours truly, who hosts with Candace on the Wednesday shows. If you want to get caught up with all the ACC news and hear perspectives from other schools such as Duke and Florida State and UNC, you need to check out Locked On ACC. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's 100% covered in chocolate and it is delicious. They have nine delicious flavors right now, including coconut, double chocolate, coconut cookies and cream, and German chocolate. And let me tell you, they also have specialty bars that you can catch every now and then, like their uh, grasshopper cookie you got to try these if you if you get them. I had to buy two boxes for my house, one for me, one for my wife, because we like them so much. Um, they are so good, and they're healthy for you, too. There's 17 to 18 grams of protein in each bar, only 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 net carbs. Can't beat that. Amazing flavor, and it's good for you. Now, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, head on over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get that 15% discount. Locked on Boston College, AJ Black here. I am the editor and publisher of BCBulletin.com. Check out my work there. We're talking about the Heisman Trophy. And for the first time since Matt Ryan's year, actually, I probably should say Andre Williams' year because he was a finalist for the, uh, the Heisman, Boston College has the possibility of sending a player to New York as a finalist for the Heisman Trophy award. Now, you look at the odds... 
the, the Phil Dracovic's not even on there yet. And Zay Flowers, I believe, is like one in, well, you know, 250,000 to one or something. He's crazy low on odds. So the odds Boston College would actually send a Heisman player uh, award finalist down to New York is pretty slim. But let's, let's, let's humor ourselves here and talk a little bit about it, about what Boston College could do. So let's, we're going to talk about both. We'll talk about Dracovic. We'll talk about Zay. What is, what is the, each individual needs to do and then what does the team need to do because it's you could have the biggest you know statistical year and if your team is terrible you're never going to make it to the Heisman stage so let's look at Phil Dracovic first so last year Phil Dracovic threw for 2,500 yards he had 17 touchdowns on the on, through the air and three through the uh, three on the ground and he threw four or five interceptions. So what would he have to do to get to the Heisman level? Now, you're looking at the quarterback position, and he's one of many that are projected to stand out this year. Obviously, Spencer Rattler of Oklahoma is one of the favorites. DJ Uyagalale of Clemson, he's another. JT Daniels of um, Georgia. And then you have Alabama's quarterback. You have USC's Keaton Slovis. These are all the big names that you're going to hear about, right? So statistics-wise, that's obviously something that they look at. What would Jakovic have to do? And I would say he'd have to throw at least 4,000 yards. So he'd have to throw 1,500 more yards than he did last year in uh, one more game. That's a lot to ask for. But given the play of this, these wide receivers and the expectations that this offensive line could improve and Jakovic could improve, is it that far out of the realm of possibility? Now, on yesterday's show... I projected that Boston College's offense would beat out 2007's passing attack, where they threw for 323 yards per game. So if Dracovic was, say Dracovic stays healthy the entire year, he plays all 12 regular season games. In order for him to hit 4,000 yards, he would have to hit 333 yards per game. Last year, he hit about 275, I think, per game. So that would be about a 50-yard-per-game increase. Is that possible? Uh, you know, as we said earlier, there is the weapons there. Boston College lost Hunter Long, which I can't understate how big of a loss that is on the offense, but they brought in Trey Berry. They have Zay Flowers. They have Kobe White. They have um, Jalen Gill, and they have all these other wide receivers that Jeff Halfley was crowing about today at practice. I think that there is the possibility. What made 2007's offense so good was that it wasn't just, you know, there wasn't, it wasn't just Richie Gannell on offense and it wasn't just Andre Callender, the running back. There was, I think five or six guys that had 50 receptions. This offense could do the same thing. And if they could get that ball spread about, you get all these different weapons. Dracovic's not going to get hit as much. You're going to lessen the opportunities for him to get hurt. He'll make it all through 12 games. Can he get there? And then, he just needs to get 50 more yards. And remember, he played in two games where he was banged up hard. That Clemson game and the um, Syracuse game where he was playing with one arm. And he missed the Louisville part of the Louisville game too. So 50 yards doesn't seem that big of a difference. I mean, it is, but he could definitely do that. So 4,000 yards, I think, for Jakovic is a reasonable thing for him to do. Um, it's, a, it's a goal, and it's definitely something that he may not reach, but it's not unobtainable. So that's one part. Then he had 20, uh, 17 touchdown receptions uh, passes last year. He needs to have it. He needs to double that. I mean, if you're going to get into the Heisman talk, you need to have at least like 30 to 35. Now, that's the biggest question mark, right? Can Jakovic do that? Because that's a big jump. That's not saying that he's going to improve by like 40 yards a game. That's saying he's throwing, you know, two more touchdowns per game. 
can he do that? I'm not sure that that's possible. But if he did, that would put him up into that upper echelon. The part that worries me, too, is that I hear so much about Jeff Halfley talking about the need to run the ball that I wonder how many of those red zone trips are going to end up with, you know, Pat Garwo gobbling up some like short yardages to get a touchdown. So getting 30 to 35 touchdowns for Jakovic is is a bit of a it's a bit of a leap. But, you know, if he takes that next step, if he becomes the elite quarterback, the the next first round can't miss quarterback, which some people say he's going to be, he needs to do that. And so that's something else that you're going to look for for Zay. Zay Zay's got a harder. I I, I, I laugh that he's on um, the list for Heisman and, and Jakovic's not. I appreciate that he does because he deserves to get as much credit as he do, as he's getting. But. He remember last year, Devonta Smith of Alabama won the Heisman Trophy, and he basically had to redefine the wide receiver position for the Heisman can for the Heisman voters to pay attention to him. And on top of that, there were good quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence was good, but he didn't have a huge year. Same thing with uh, Justin Fields. You know, Devonta Smith kind of lopped above all of them. So for Zay Flowers to have the year that would get him to the Heisman stage to get him to win. He's going to need a, a season of like 1600 yards, which is almost double than what he had last year. He's going to need 20, 25 uh, touchdowns. He needs to have a monster season. So even though his odds are technically better than Jakovic, Jakovic gets the field odds. Uh, Zay's right above that. I don't think, I think Zay's got a harder chance than, you know, it's a harder, it's a harder climb for him to do it. So he would have to have, you know, a, a season at Boston College that everyone is talking about. Obviously, so would Jakovic, but a wide receiver, you know, defining season. And I just don't see him doing that. I think he could have a huge year, but not enough to get the Heisman. So that's my thoughts on him. But that's just one piece, what each individual does to get into the, the, the talk. If Boston College goes seven and five, they're not going to get to the Heisman stage. They're not going to win it. So what does BC have to do? What does BC have to get to get them on the Heisman stage? My first thing, they got to beat Clemson. They have to. Like if Jakovic goes out there and puts those yards up and then beats Clemson, then all of a sudden, you know, you have that, you know, 1984 game against Miami that Doug Flutie had. You have that big moment. That gives it for Jakovic. You you win that, and you have to win. I'd have to say BC has to go ten and two. I think they have to go ten and two and beat Clemson for either of those guys to get on the stage. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. I don't, you know, I've already said I don't think they're going to beat Clemson. That's my my prediction. But you know, it's interesting to think of the different branches of where the season could go off because if they do, then all of a sudden we are talking about Heisman Phil Jakovic or Heisman Zay Flowers and the conversation gets a little bit more interesting. So that's our thoughts on the Heisman. In the in our last piece on our show today, we're going to talk about ACC um, over and unders and I'm going to give you each of my picks. Um, I've been giving you a, a, a betting pick a, a day or my, my predictions of the day. These are going to be a bunch of them and I'll tell you about that in just a moment. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are turning towards football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one sport for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half million dollar NFL Mega Contest and the two hundred thousand dollar NFL Survivor Contest, open now at Bet Online. Head over to the website or use your mobile device and use promo code Locked On to receive a hundred percent welcome bonus. This is a deal you cannot beat, and be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Bucks and the Dallas Cowboys 
choice, and if you lose, your wager will, will be refunded up to $25. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. From football to basketball to boxing to horse racing, don't wait and take advantage of all their great offers available for the 2021 season. Remember, use promo code locked on on Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, we were just talking about Bet Online, and right now we're going to go over the over and unders for the ACC Atlantic. And I'm going to give you my predictions. And maybe you, if you use Bet Online, you can go over there and win money, or you can lose and then blame me for it. Whatever you want to do, you can do either or. And the way that we're going to do this, we're going to look at their over unders, and I'm going to give you my rationale over each of these teams. And you can uh, sound off on this on Locked On BC if you disagree with me. So the first one is an easy one and one that I've already talked about till my face turns blue. Boston College at seven. I am going over on that. I think they're at least an eight or nine win team this season. Um, I think they're going to get three wins right off the bat. Syracuse is an easy number four. And then you're just going to pick out three to at least tie on your bet four to win it. So Boston College seems like an easy one. I think they're going to they're gonna do pretty well on that one. Now Clemson, this is a tough one. This is only for regular season. This is not including a bowl game or, or, uh, the, or the playoffs or um, conference wins, conference championship wins, excuse me. Clemson is 11 and a half, and I am going to go, I'm going to go uh, below. I'm going to go under on that one. I think they're going to lose, and I think they're going to probably lose right away to start the season. I think George is going to probably beat them to start it off, um, and then you, <laughs> that's it, you win. Like if if Georgia beats Clemson, that's it. Um, and that's an easy win right there. I, but I don't, I think, you know, if I'm going to bet on Clemson, I think they could lose two games this year. That would make them 10 and two. And that's an easy win right there. So like you may think it could be Boston college, but they could run into any team like this. You know, I think Clemson's good, but I think they're beatable. So I think they they could be a two loss team heading into this season. Uh, so that's a, that's an under for that one. Louisville at six and a half. I'm going to go under just a tad. This is a tough one to bet on though, uh, because I have, I have Louisville at six wins. I think they're a bowl team this year. I think they take that that step up. I just I don't see them six and a half. That means they have to win seven to to win your bet. That seems like a lot based off of the team I saw last year that was sloppy. Uh, they lost a ton of talent on offense. Um, and I'm not a big Malik Cunningham fan, so I get them at six wins. I'm gonna go under on Louisville, NC State. This this is my bet du jour. This is the one if I was gonna bet on any of these. Um, these props right now, I would I would go hard on this one, which is NC State at six and a half. I think that's an easy over. I mean, this is a team that many people believe are going to be uh, the number two team in the ACC Atlantic. They're going to win more than six games. They're going to easily win more than six games. Um, they're you know Mitchell Wolf did his uh, his positional previews and behind Clemson, what team had the number one at in in most uh, positions in terms of rankings in in the ACC? It was NC State. They have they have good talent at a lot of different positions. I think they're going to win more than six games, and that's an easy bet. If you're going to bet on any of these, go on BetOnline.ag. Do that one. Uh, Syracuse at three. Um, I wouldn't bet this one at all because I think BC, I, I I got Syracuse at three wins. So. I feel like this is a tough one. I wouldn't want to take the under because oof, that's a that's a brutal season for Syracuse. But they'll they'll sneak a win here or there, um, and I'm sure they have you know an out of conference game that they can win and an FCS school. So that's three wins right there. Um, I I would stay away from that bet. Uh, Wake Forest at seven. I'm gonna go under on this one, and this was a tough one. This is one that I it could go either way. Um, 
Seven wins is a lot for, for Wake. Um, they have some talent on that team. Sam Hartman, their quarterback, and they've got Jakari Robertson, one of the best wide receivers in the country uh, with that offense. But Dave Clawson and that uh, that Wake Forest team just seems like a seven-win team. Um, I don't think they're good enough to get over that hump, so I'm going to say uh, under for them. And then finally, our last one is Florida State at five and a half. And I'm going to take over on that. I have, I, if you listen to Locked on ACC, which again, I recommend you checking out if you haven't done so already. Um, I My team uh, that people are sleeping on that they really shouldn't be is Florida State. So the fact that this bet would have to mean if you took the under, they'd have to go under 500. I don't think that's there's any chance of that happening. I think Mackenzie Milton, their quarterback, has quite the, the weapons around him to really make this offense click, and their defense will finally show up. I think Mike Norvell's about to turn Florida State around, and I have them at like seven wins this year. So I would have them as the over. So do you agree with me? Disagree with my, my bets? Uh, let's we'll see how we do because I am I am marking all these down. We'll do an episode at the end of the season when everything's all settled and done, looking at all the things I said and how wrong or right I was because you're gonna want to hear my thoughts on that. So if you like this, please check us out on uh, YouTube. You can look up Locked On Boston College, hit that subscribe button, and boom, you'll get all of our videos sent directly to you, including any breaking news. You're gonna want to make sure you do that. You can follow me on Twitter at ajblack underscore bc or the or the Twitter site for our page, which is Locked on BC. I'm the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin, part of the Sports Illustrated and Fan Nation Network. Check out all my work there. We will be back again on Monday. We only have a couple more weeks until the start of the season. Uh, we'll, we'll start next week with all of our seasonal previews in terms of Boston College. Um, I'll give you all of our analysis and anything that breaks during the, the week, you'll make sure you get that as well. This is AJ Black. Take care, everyone. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll see you all again soon.